This program is presented by CreamCityUSA.com. This is Lorne Green. On some distant western plain in 1891, a bunch of Texas cowboys huddle around a campfire. The trail herd is bedded down, and the exhausted drovers welcome the peace and quiet that nightfall brings. Zach Barnett, the weather-beaten old trail boss, glances up at the Big Dipper. The position of the constellation in the sky tells him it's time to change the night guard. Dixie, you got the third watch. Better get to it. I know. I know. Don't seem like a fella never gets a chance to sleep around here. Oh, what are you kicking about? You can sleep all winter when the drive's over. Mm, I reckon. Trouble with you boys is you got it too easy nowadays. You don't know what it's like to be on a real trail drive, pushing a couple thousand longhorns up from Texas, no trail to follow except the one you make as you go along. I reckon them days is gone forever. Railroads made sure of that. That's why I count myself lucky. I came up the goodnight loving trail with that first herd of longhorns. And that's only the beginning of our story. Mutual Radio Theater, a new adventure in radio listening. Five nights of exceptional entertainment every week, brought to you in Elliot Lewis's production of the Mutual Radio Theater. Our story, The Goodnight Loving Trail, by Steve Sharon. Our stars, Jeff Corey, Sam Edwards, and Herb Rudley. Mutual Radio Theater is brought to you by Sears, a name that means quality and value. A name that you can count on for service and dependability. Sears, where America shops for value. Product value. Sears Laboratories work to maximize that value for you. Its manufacturing consultants work with products and their manufacturers to cut production costs. One example is our power spray carpet cleaner. Its plastic parts require molds to form them. Molds are expensive, especially certain designs. So our manufacturing consultants recommended designs that cut mold costs. End result, a better value for you. Sears Laboratories. One reason Sears is where America shops for value. Make some crab macaroni and cheese, please. Please make some crab macaroni and cheese. It's nice and cheesy and it's really pretty easy. Please make some crab macaroni and cheese. Mmm, when you make Kraft macaroni and cheese dinner, the cheese sauce is so rich and creamy, you know they're gonna like it. So By the 1890s, cattle are shipped to marketplace by rail. The days of moving great herds north on long trail drives are over. It's the end of an era. But one old trail hand remembers how it was in the beginning. Back in 65, reconstruction and carpetbaggers had dropped on Texas like a flight of hungry vultures. There was too much beef and too much of that good-for-nothing red money. One thing there wasn't enough of was good cow hands. The war had seen to that. I was just a button then, but I could set a horse as good as some that were bigger and older. And when Charlie Goodnight got back from the war, he'd give me my first job. 
I weren't with the outfit long when Comanche stampeded one of the herds and drove them off. Now, Charlie, he, he didn't take too kindly to that, so we all lit out after his cattle next day. There was 14 of us, including Charlie's stepbrother and partner Wes Sheik and one-armed Bill Wilson. We trailed him for 25 miles, all the way to the Brazos River, where we stopped. Come on, Charlie, what are we stopping for? Are we going out to the herd? Nope. We ain't too far behind him, Charlie. I I've been studying the signs like he showed me. And what did you find, Zach boy? Well, I didn't count any bug tracks crossing them hoof prints, and you said that's a sure way to tell if they're fresh. Well, you're right, Zach. You read signs almost as good as a ranger. But, but not as good as you. <laughs> Well, if you'd counted the unshod pony tracks and the number of moccasin prints, you'd know there's just too many Comanche for us to go after the herd. Ain't that so, Bill? <laughs> yeah, unless Zach wants to get his hair lifted by them thieving varmints. Oh, no, thanks. Uh, I reckon I like my scalp right where it is. So that's it, huh? We're just going to let the herd go. Don't see we got much choice, Wes. Well, that is the damnedest thing I ever heard of. After all we've worked for, what do we get to show for it? Nothing but a seat full of blisters. I don't like it any more than you. We'd best head back and protect what's left of the herd. I reckon Charlie had about enough of rustlers, engines, and reconstruction. But if he had a plan, he was keeping it to himself. Uh, Charlie, Wes, uh... Uh, could you come outside? Sure, Bill. Uh, anything wrong? Well, uh, just me and some of the men like to have a word with you. Howdy, boys. Howdy, howdy Charlie. Well, uh, wh what is it, men? Well, I don't know if you and Charlie heard the talk, but uh, word has it that some of the outfits hereabouts is uh, uh, getting ready to make a drive up Kansas way. Yeah, we, we heard. I reckon all of Texas will be heading north to trade cattle for some of them Yankee dollars. Yeah, yeah, well, that's the uh, way we figure it. Slash Wise looking for trail hands right now. Yeah, and uh, they're paying $25 a month and found any hand that finishes the drive. And they ain't the only ones. Uh, spur outfits looking for hands, too. I see. Uh, well, <laughs> naturally, we'd soon as work for you and Wes, Charlie, but... But times is tough. That's why we come. Yeah, we, we, we know how hard hits you've been, what with engines and rustlers running off parts of your herd. Uh, uh, we figure... What we want to know is, are are you going to Kansas? Oh, men, uh, the, there's nothing I'd, I'd like more than to drive our cattle up to the railhead, but... And I would, too, uh, if it wasn't from a partner here... Charlie is dead set against Kansas, and he, he's got final say. Oh. Well, it, uh, in that case, uh, I reckon we'll want to be drawing our wages. Now, hold on, Bill. Wes is right. I am against Kansas. But come spring, we'll be shaping up a trail herd just the same. We're going west. To Colorado. Colorado? But there ain't no trail to Colorado. Where do you want to go that way for? You, you must be local. <laughs> That's what I told him. Two reasons. First, if everybody in Texas takes a herd to Kansas, beef prices are bound to be lower. 
In Colorado, they got more mining camps than a cow has flies. They need beef, and they figures to be good money in it for the one that brings it to them. Now, second, there's good rangeland up there, and if for some reason I can't sell my cattle, well, at least I can hold them. Sounds awful chancy. Why, well, yeah, yeah, that, that's mighty hard country between here and Colorado. And, and like Zach says, ain't no trade. I'll pay top dollar to any hand that signs on. If I lose the herds, you'll all get paid just the same. You got my word on it. Uh, uh, all right. All right, I'll go. I reckon you can count me in, too. All right. Well, yeah, all right, Dick, on out. In the spring of 66, Charlie began shaping up his herd, what was left of it. Thanks to engines and rustlers, there was barely a thousand head of cattle. When the time came to buy provisions for the drive, me and Charlie rode into Mr. Loving's store in Belknap. And I want a five-gallon keg of sourdough and a jug of vinegar and some dried apples. Oh, oh don't forget the chewing tobacco. You know how one-armed Bill likes a good chaw. Yeah, thanks, Saki. Uh, give me some plugs of that chewing tobacco. Uh, hey, good night. I hear you're making a drive to Colorado. That's right. I reckon I'll pay my respects now, because you're the biggest damn fool I ever seen if you think you'll make it alive. <laughs> no man ever took a herd to Colorado and lived to tell about it. I did it. Back in 60. Howdy, Mr. Loving. Charlie. You took a herd to Colorado? Drove north to Kansas, then west along the Arkansas River, all the way to Puebla. Well, uh, I reckon you might drive that trail and still keep your scalp, but not if you go the way Goodnight's planted. You got another trail in mind, Charlie? Yes, sir, Mr. Loving. I have. I'd like to see it, if you don't mind. No, sir. <laughs> the fact is, I was sort of hoping I'd meet up with you before I started. Good. Let's go in the back room where we can talk. Okay. Mr. Oliver Loving was 54 years old then. He'd been in the cattle business about 20 years, and I reckon he knew more about beef than any man on the frontier. He had an education and was real religious-like. Charlie was a hellraiser in them days, but you could tell he had respect for Mr. Loving. And so I figure the safest way is swing southwest instead of going north. The old Butterfield Mail Route. Yeah, it'll add several hundred miles to the drive. But with luck, you won't run into any Comanches or Kiowa. Exactly. Mm. Now, we'll strike for the middle concho where we can lay over and water the herd. Then drive across the 96-mile desert and reach Horseshoe Crossing on the Pecos. That'll mean going without water for six days. You think we can make it? Oh, it's a gamble, Charlie, a big gamble. Uh, well, the plan seems sound enough, but that's hard country. I know it is, sir. Charlie, if you let me, I'd like to go with you. <laughs> let you? Well, I reckon there's nothing I'd like more. I need your advice, Mr. Loving, and your help. Fine. I'll shape up my herd, and the good Lord willing... We'll go to Colorado together. When you're traveling across the country for business or for fun, a phone call keeps you close to home, close to everyone. 
far, you're never too far, a telephone is right nearby, reach out, call up and just say hi. Reach out and touch someone far away, the Bell System. Hi, I'm Kareem Abdul-Jabbar of the Los Angeles Lakers. Many sports involve flying objects, tennis balls, baseballs, hockey pucks, and in my game, hands and elbows, all threats to the player's eyes. When you take part in the sport, use protective eyewear. Eye injuries are 90% preventable. Learn more from the National Society to Prevent Blindness. For free information, write Prevent Blindness, 79 Madison Avenue, New York City, 10016. On June 6th, 1866, the most important day in young Charlie Goodnight's life, he and Oliver Loving began their historic attempt to blaze a new trail from the Texas frontier all the way to Colorado. Mr. Lovin' and young Charlie threw the herd together just outside Belknap. 2,000 head of longhorns and 18 men to move. Mr. Loving, I'd be obliged if you'd take charge of the drive. Oh, nonsense, Charlie. You should be trail boss. This is your drive. All the same, I'd feel a dang sight better with someone of your savvy boss in the herd. <laughs> you mean age. <laughs> Very well, Charlie. You and one arm, Bill, take the point, then. Right, Mr. Loving. Shiloh and Wes will ride swing. All right. Zach, you got the drives with Simp and Big Jim. You. The rest of you men spread out on the flanks. Head them up, and let's go to Colorado, boys. When we reached the headwaters of the Concho, we held the herd until they drank their fill. Then we filled our canteens and water barrels and pushed on into the desert. Stretch that water, boys. It's got to last another six days. We trailed the herd from sunup until late at night, trying to get through that furnace as quick as possible. It was when I was riding night guard that we got our first sign of trouble. Rider, come in. Well, looks like a key. What are you doing back in camp, Zach? Your chef's still got another hour yet. I know, Mr. Loving, but, but we can't get the herd to bed down. Driving them so far without water's made them cattle too thirsty and restless. I was praying this wouldn't happen. They just keep milling about out there. We're having the devil's time trying to hold them. I'm sorry, Mr. Loving. I understand, Zach. Sorry, boys. Looks like it's going to be a long, sleepless night. Ain't they all? Are you hurting, Mr. Loving? Everybody. Off and on. Off your butts and on them horses. Mr. Loving, this'll never do. We can't camp anymore until we're through this desert. If them cattle want to walk, we'd best put them back on the trail instead of trying to hold them. I guess you're right, Charlie. You take charge and see what you can do. All night and all next day, we moved on. Our lips cracked open under the hot sun and alkali dust choked our parched throats. If it was bad on us, it was worse on the cattle. Their ribs looked like bed slats and their tongues were dragging in the dust. The strain of the desert was bearing down on all of us, even the best of friends. Bill, 
You're letting the herd get too strung out, and I'll close it up. You know, this she stuff can't go no faster, Wes. I'll hold back the leaders if you don't like the pace. I don't like it, and I'm telling you, close it up. Uh, if you think you can do better, then you ride drag. If I do, I won't be losing cattle the way you're doing. You must have lost near a hundred head thanks to you. You saying I can't do my job? If we had hired a man with two arms, maybe we'd keep more cattle. Why, you... Break it up! Break it up, I said! If the Lord intended men to fight like dogs, he'd give them longer teeth and claws. What's got into you boys? Uh, nothing. You two want to lock horns, that's your business. After we finish the drive. Until then. That's my fault. I, I didn't mean what I said, Bill. I, I reckon the heat's made me a mad catchy. Yeah, I know that part. That's my fault for getting so riled. What's the matter? Nothing, just a case of frayed nerves. Anybody seen Zack? Uh, he was up on the line just a little while ago. Come on, Bill. Better help me find him. There's the kid's horse. He ain't on it. Maybe he got screwed. No, Zack's too good a rider to get left a foot in this country. He must be in some kind of trouble. Hey, he'd be... There he is. There he is. On that ground. Near that brush. <sighs> Zach. Zach, are you all right? Oh, what's the matter? Is it engines? What's wrong? You fell off your horse. That's what's wrong. Uh, I, I did? Oh, I reckon I fell asleep. Fell <laughs> <laughs> asleep. Oh, some guy hit you. Zach, you not hit. I'm sorry. Just so blame tired, I can't keep my eyes open. Yeah, I know. We could all use a good night's sleep. <laughs> uh, here. Here, kid, take some of this backy. You just jaw that up real good and rub some of the juice in your eyes. Tobacco juice in my eye? What for? <laughs> it'll sting like hellfire, but it'll keep your eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> It did sting like hellfire, but that was the last time I ever fell asleep in the saddle. Well, we pushed on, canteens went dry. By the next day, the water barrels were empty, too. We had to suck on cartridges to stop the thirst. No use, Charlie. The she-stuffing calves can't keep up. I'm afraid we'll have to leave them behind. Yeah, I reckon we ain't got much choice. How many you figure we'll lose? Maybe a hundred head. That's a hell of a lot of cow. I'll save what I can, but if we don't get some water soon, we'll lose the whole herd. Zach, ride down the line and collect the canteens from the men. Right, Charlie. If you'll take over, Mr. Loving, Zach and I can scout ahead for a water hole. Go ahead, Charlie. Is it poison? Yeah. Alkali. Damn this desert for a hellhole. What do we do now, Charlie? Push on, Zach. Push on and pray we find water in time to save the herd.
Vice President Nixon. I think Senator Kennedy is wrong on three counts. First I of all... I always have difficulty recognizing my position when they're stated by the Vice President. That ball is gone into the Yankee bullpen. Reggie Jackson... We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence by the military-industrial complex. I have agreed. Ignition sequence. But one day... This nation two, will rise one. up. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement today. All right, Those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmland tonight are the vanguard of an invading army from the planet Mars. This is Orson Welles to assure you that the war of the world General has no further informs me that the forces of Germany have surrendered to the United Nations. But old soldiers never die. They just fade away. America, it speaks for itself. From the Freedom's Foundation at Valley Forge. Parched with thirst, Charlie Goodnight and young Zach Barnett rode on ahead of the herd in search of water. They found it in the form of an alkali hole which would have meant sure death to them and their cattle. I was beginning to think we'd never find good water and that I'd made my first and last drive and was going to die right there in the desert. Zack! Look, there! What? Ain't nothing but an old swallow. Unless the heat's got to me, that swallow's carrying mud to build a nest. And mud means water! We must be near the Pecos. Feel the breeze? Yeah! And it smells downright wetsome. Better hurry, Zacky boy. I might just drink the whole damn Pecos. Oh, not if I get there first. Yahoo! We filled the canteens and got back to the herd. Just knowing we was getting near water cheered the men, and we thought our troubles were over. It was two o'clock in the morning when some of the cattle started acting up. What's got into the herd, Charlie? They're starting to act crazy. They smell the water, and they're fixing to run for it. I don't think we can hold them. We'll have to turn the herd south, away from the alkali hole. If they get in there, we'll never get them back. Stampede! All hands and the cook! Turn them south! Turn them south! the river they didn't stop but poured right over the bank taking horses and riders with them the ones in front got pushed out without ever getting a drink so they turned back and added to the confusion yeah we spent two long days trying to save the herd from the river and the quicksand i've never been so dog tired in all my life yeah all i want to do is close my eyes for about a month or two you did a good job today, man. Get yourself some grub and try and catch some sleep. Uh, Cookie! Cookie Jamoka! Keep me coming. You look pretty tired yourself, Mr. Lovey. You ain't slept for the last four days. Oh, I'll be all right, but I'd be better if we hadn't lost so many cattle. Damn that Pecos River. I hate it. It's worse than the engines ever were. And now, Charlie won't do any good to blame the river for our trouble. Why shouldn't I? The damn thing drowned over a hundred head of our cattle. 
Not to mention another hundred we'll have to leave behind in the quicksand. I tell you, that Pecos is the graveyard of the cowman's hopes. If that was all we lost, it wouldn't be so bad, but counting those we left back on the trail, we've lost almost a third. This drive's had nothing but bad luck since the start. Well, as the good book says, man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. You might be right, Mr. Loving. Sometimes I think them troublesome sparks is flying right up my britches. The herd settled down now that they had the water they needed. We recrossed the river and headed up the Pico some 20 miles where Charlie said we'd find grass. <laughs> what we found was damn little grass and about a million rattlesnakes. Cusses, varmints! Seems to me you're wasting a lot of cartridges shooting them rattlers, Bill. Well, I got plenty. Besides, I like to cut off the rattles and save them. I'm sending them to my sweetheart. <laughs> we pushed on into New Mexico. The country began to change as we went. The grass got greener and the drive got easier. Except for the job I had to do every morning. Days wasting, everybody up. Off and on. Cookie says he'll throw breakfast in the creek if he don't come and get it. Shiloh, take a man and spell Wes and Big Jim on guard. Morning, Mr. Loving. Morning, Charlie. Fred, I got some bad news. We got eight new ones. What? We never should have put a mixed herd on this trail. It's making the cows drop too soon. Well, there's only one thing to do. Zach? Yeah, Charlie? Take my gun and some cartridges and ride out to the bed ground. Eight more dropped during the night. Charlie, I... I sure wish you'd get somebody else to do it. I, I just don't like to kill them little calfies. Well, Zach, I don't either. But it has to be done. You know, they won't be able to keep up with the herd, and it's better than letting the wolves get them. I'll do it. But I sure won't like it. There's a good lad. Oh, the camp! Those aren't any of our boys. No, they ain't. Well, let's see what they want. Come on in. I smelled your fire. Mind if me and my two cars have some of that coffee? Help yourself. Where are you boys from? Fort Sumner. Aren't you three taking an awful big gamble riding through this country? We thought we'd take the chance now that the Navajos and Mescarellos are back on the reservation. And Comanches don't usually come this far west unless they got a good reason. Say, you, you, you didn't bring them Longhorns all the way up from Texas, did you? We sure did. Well, I never thought I'd see that happen. I reckon you're headed for Fort Sumner then. No, we're headed up Colorado way. Huh? Price of beef must be awful good up there to make you pass up the reservation. What do you mean? Ain't you heard? The Indians are starving, and the government is buying all the beef they can lay their hands on to feed them. What? Are you sure? Sure, I'm sure. That's why I'm in such a hurry to get back to my own herd. How much are they paying? Eight cents a pound on the hoof for two, threes, and up. Yahoo! 
Saddle up, boys. We're going to Fort Sumner. Thanks for passing the word. Don't mention it. A performance story from Phillips Petroleum. Dr. Stanley, report your emergency. Oh, Mike, we need the results back on that blood work right away. Sure. Okay. Um, I'm Lucy Rivera, an emergency room nurse here at Bayshore Hospital in Pasadena, Texas. Recently, we had an accident victim here in our emergency room. He had massive chest injuries, and his chest was filling with fluid so rapidly that he would have suffocated if we hadn't put him on chest drainage immediately. Our chest drainage system here uses a jar made out of a plastic from a company that supplies a lot of medical plastics, Phillips. These jars are almost shatterproof. Thank goodness. You know, replacing a broken jar takes time, and some of our patients just don't have much time. Phillips Petroleum, good things for cars and the people who drive them. again, and here's the fourth act of the Goodnight Loving Trail. At Fort Sumner, Charlie and Mr. Loving sold all the steers for $12,000 in gold. Mr. Loving pushed on to Colorado, while Charlie went home in time to get another herd on the trail for winter. That first drive showed that there was a new trail for Texas Longhorns, but that weren't enough. The trail had to be held against engines and rustlers. All of Texas was watching to see if Goodnight and Loving could keep the way open that next year. What with all the delays we've had, we'll never make Santa Fe in time to bid on those cattle contracts. Ain't much we can do about it, Mr. Loving. The herd can only move so fast. That's just my point. Maybe I should go on ahead. Well, Wes is in Fort Sumner. If we're late, he'll go on to Santa Fe and make a bid for us. Now, don't get me wrong, Charlie. Your stepbrother is a good man, but he's short on experience. I'd just as soon be there when they put up the contracts. It's too dangerous, especially now that the Comanche know we're moving cattle through these parts. They've already attacked the herd once. I've decided to go anyway, and there's nothing you can say that'll change my mind, Charlie. Zach, yo, ride down the line and tell one-armed Bill I want him. Uh, sure, Charlie. Since I can't talk you out of it, Mr. Loving, I'm sending Bill Wilson with you. He's the best man in the outfit, and you just might get through with him. But only if you ride at night and hide out during the day. Don't worry, Charlie. I'm sure the good Lord will protect us. I hope so, Mr. Loving. I sure do hope so. first two days, Bill and Mr. Loving did just like they promised, riding at night and laying low during the day. Uh, the sun's been up two hours now, Mr. Loving. Uh, best they get under cover. Bill, if it's one thing I hate, it's night riding. We haven't seen any sign of Indians yet. I'd just as soon keep on going. Yeah? All right with me. Charlie ever found out we didn't do like he said, he'd sure be riled. <laughs> well, then the best thing to do is not to tell him, eh, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> 
Damn, it's him cussing Comanche. Now, quick, off your horse and up them rocks. Well, we're in it now, ain't we, huh? They got our horses. Let them go. Maybe that'll satisfy them enough to let us keep our hair. I don't think so. How many do you think there are? Enough to make it uncomfortable. You speak any Spanish, Bill. Maybe we can talk them into it. Uh, don't move, Mr. Levin. Let me take a look. Oh, how bad? Uh, that looks like a ball went clean through your wrist and worked its way into your side. Here, here, use my wipe to stop the bleeding. Mr. Lovin, why, we'll be getting our... Now, listen to me. Moon's going down. It'll be dark enough for you to slip across the river now. What? Charlie and the others, they're only a day and a half behind us. If you can hold out... No, no. I just can't leave you here to them devils. I'm dead. Please, go to Charlie. I want him to tell my family what happened. What, Mr. Lovin? Did he tell them? I didn't let the Comanches take me. That I went into the river and shot myself rather than be tortured to death. Please. It's important that they know how I died. Oh, all right. All right. Then I'll be back. I'll leave you, leave you the handguns. If the Lord wills it, and I do hold them off, I'll slip downstream a couple of miles and hide. Uh, well, we'll look for you there, then. Here, take my Henry. The cartridges are waterproof. Uh, all right, but if you hear them engines laughing, you know they seen me. The sight of a one-armed man holding on to a rifle while he tries to swim a river bound to look downright human. <laughs> Good luck, Bill. Yeah. I'll be back. I remember I was pointing a herd with Charlie. When we both saw something move up in the hill. Zach, did you see that? Yeah. What'd you figure it is? Could be a Comanche scout. Better tell the men to shape the herd for a fight. I don't want to get Look, caught out. There it is again. It's an engine, all right. No. He's giving me the frontier sign to come to him. I think he's white. Uh, maybe it's a trick. We'll soon find out. Come on. He, he, he was in bad shape. We took him back to camp, but it wasn't until next day before he could tell us what happened. 
Charlie took six men and headed up the Picos to where Bill said the fight took place. Searched all day, but there was no sign of Mr. Loving. And we pushed on. Herd's all bedded down, Charlie. Thanks, Zach. You better get yourself some grub. Mm. I'm coming in, Charlie. It looks like Wes. I thought he was supposed to be in Fort Sumner. Oh, what are you doing here, Wes? I got tired of waiting for you. Figured I'd best ride out and see if he's all right. We're all right. But I got some bad news. Oh? Mr. Loving was killed by engines two weeks ago down on the Pecos. No, no, Loving is at Fort Sumner. Impossible. Yeah, he's loving is kind of poorly, and he's under the post doctor's care, but he's a long way from dead. Zach? I'll saddle up. <laughs> so he got away from them Comanches after all, huh? Yeah. When nobody came, he slipped yeah. into the river and yeah. made his way upstream. <laughs> Some Mexicans found him and took him into Fort Sumner. He's uh, really anxious to see you, Charlie. Not half as anxious as I am to see him. Yeah, we rode all day and all night. 110 miles it was. By dawn the following day, we were in Fort Sumner. The wind on his side is healing fine. It's the arm that's got me worried. What's the matter with it? Gangrene, I'm, I'm afraid that it'll have to be removed. Oh, Lordy. <sighs> uh, do what you have to, Doc. No, no not me. See, I, I've never amputated a limb before. I, I, I can't do it. You've got to. You're the only doctor within 200 miles. No, I, I, I really shouldn't. You see, the man's You not... know what I think? You want to let Mr. Loving die because he's a Texan, and you just as soon get rid of one more Johnny Reb. Well, Doc, you either operate or this world's going to be shy another Yankee. Very well. I'll, I'll amputate his arm. Conclusion of our story after these words. Have you seen so many tears? Have you heard so many cries? That when another soul in pain appears, you look with indifferent eyes. This is Judy Collins. Eight million people in this country have kidney disease and no one takes it seriously. Did we give a helping hand to so many a desperate call that we no longer understand the meaning of pain at all? Support the National Kidney Foundation. Taking a long time. Why don't you try to get some sleep, Charlie? 
If anything happens, I'll let... How is he, Doc? To tell you the truth, I don't know. The artery was exceedingly large. He's lost a lot of blood. I did the best I could. I know, Doc, and I'm obliged to you. And now I want to tell you just what a fool you are. What? I'm a Scotsman. I've only been in America two years, and I don't know a damn thing about you rebels, and I couldn't care less. I didn't operate on Lovey because I didn't know if he could stand an anesthetic. But since you insisted, well, you just be thankful that your partner didn't die right then and there. But after everything Mr. Loving been through, shock was just too much for him. He lived for 22 days, getting weaker and weaker, till finally, Charlie. Charlie? I'm here, Mr. Loving. Oh, my young friend. I should have taken your advice. If I had, maybe I wouldn't have... Well, it's too late now. I want to ask you a favor, Charlie. Yes, sir. Do you think you could continue our partnership after I'm gone? Just until my debts are paid off and my family's provided for. I'd do that anyway, Mr. Loving. Thank you, Charlie. I know you'll keep your promise. My only regret is that I won't be buried in Texas. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Don't worry, Mr. Loving. I'll see you get home. Will you, Charlie? Oh, that'd be real nice. You're a good friend. I'm going to miss you. Charlie kept his promises. From that day on, whenever someone spoke of Mr. Loving, Charlie'd get real quiet. My old partner, he'd say. And we all knew he was thinking about the old days. The trail was open, and Charlie kept it that way. Texas had a new market for their longhorns. A year later, Charlie pushed the trail up into Wyoming. And later, it stretched up Montana Way, where they called it the Texas Trail. But most know it as the Goodnight Lovin' Trail, in honor of the two men that pioneered it. I'm proud to say I rode with both of them. It's all right. Saved my life one dreadful night when I told Big Dutch I want to fight. He said, how about now? He broke a table over a chair. I went from a coop to go anywhere. My lights had been on while I was there. Motorcraft, don't fail me now. I turned the key as I came to the door. My motorcraft made the engine roar. Then I heard Big Dutch as he stamped and swore. Gonna get me a motorcraft battery for sure. Quality parts for all makes of cars. Motorcraft for sure. Nothing beats a great pair of legs. Can you imagine?
imagine a dancer with wrinkles around her ankles? Hi, I'm Juliette Prowse. As a dancer, my pantyhose must fit perfectly. So I wear legs regular pantyhose with memory yarn. Stretches out and back. Fits whether I'm kicking high or bending low. Legs regular pantyhose with memory yarn and a pure cotton panel. Believe me, Juliet Prowse. Nothing beats a great pair of legs. The Mutual Radio Theater is brought to you five nights a week at this time. Tonight's original radio play, The Goodnight Loving Trail, was written by Steve Sharon and produced and directed by Elliot Lewis. Your host was Lauren Green. Our stars were Jeff Corey, Sam Edwards, and Herb Rudley. Featured in the cast were Corey Burton, Robert Easton, Tom Brown, and William Lally. The music for Radio Theater was composed and conducted by Nelson Riddle. John Harlan speaking. The Elliot Lewis production of Radio Theater is a presentation of CBI. This is Andy Griffin. Join us tomorrow at this same time. I've got another story I think you'll find riotously amusing. This is Ajax with a reminder to join us again next time for comedy, music, mystery, and drama on CreamCityUSA.com.